Greetings and welcome to episode number 46 of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Today I have Instagram expert and member of Team MKW Creative Co. Jimmy Richardson on the podcast and we talk all about Instagram, what we love about it, what we hate about it, how to actually optimize your own Instagram better for your business and make content that people actually want to see. Uh, which is something that can be challenging at times. So we really get into that in the episode. Make sure you find Jimmy on social media at Richardson and enjoy the rest of the episode. See ya. Kiss my aesthetic. Branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co., where we build bragworthy brands for social media-minded entrepreneurs, and you are in the right spot for branding, marketing, entrepreneurship advice that you can apply in your own business to better reach your ideal client online. Let's get to today's episode. Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. We have a very special guest today and team member of MKW Creative Co. Jimmy Richardson. Welcome back to the podcast. Hello. Although maybe this is the first podcast episode that you've done. It is. The last time we did this, we were in the Facebook group and not on the podcast. It was pre-podcast. So if you're new to the podcast or you're new to listening in general, I never intended to create a podcast. <laughs> Maybe I should tell the backstory of the podcast on an episode of the podcast, but it is episode number one, like why I started a podcast, but I really started interviewing people on Instagram live that I thought were cool as a way to just like open the door to conversation. Cause like I wasn't going to be a client of theirs. They probably weren't going to be a client of mine, but I just wanted to find an excuse to talk to them. And you were one of those people no. way back when, and we talked about like your Halloween costumes and um, just like being yourself on social media and creating kind of a public facing brand, which you still have with IMJ Richardson. So tell us about your lifespan with Instagram. Maybe we can start there. Okay. Well, we'll start there. I mean, I've always loved Instagram. And even when I like first got it, I remember if we want to go back that far, I just, go to the beginning. Let's go all the way back. I remember I got Instagram I was a freshman in college and I was like, oh my God, this is for editing photos. So I was like editing all these photos, thought they were just saving to my phone. And then someone followed me and was like, oh my God, I saw your picture on Instagram. And I was like, you can see this. Which is, you know, it was like the square frames, like really dark. So yeah, that's how I first started. And I like to think that I am a lot better at Instagram now. And from there, I just like, I just loved it. And I always was like, let's take pictures. Let's take, I just, I don't know why I like taking pictures so much, but I do. And like, my mom's always taken them for me and she's also gotten better. Good. Um, and so now it's just like something that I love to do. And it's like actually paying off for me, which is also crazy. Um, and I think I've just learned more as I go. It's not about how many photos you're posting how many likes you're getting it's about the quality of the content and even I'm getting like in the hundreds sometimes but I'm still having brands reach out to me because they see that I care about the quality of the content and they want to work with me because then for them that's like free marketing they're just taking my pictures and so from mm-hmm. with my square frame to today I feel like it's been a it's been a journey Content and community. Those were the two big themes that I feel like we really touched on on Instagram. And and same for me, 
somewhat. I had a personal account. I was like, oh, this is a fun thing to do. It's kind of like Facebook. And I had some visual background, obviously, but I did not take it the way that you took it as far as like making a personal brand for yourself. I had business and I was like, oh, I'm going to use this for business. And my goal when I started my Instagram was to be completely anonymous which is hilarious now because I can't imagine my brand without me in it. Yeah. But for me being like a college student and like really young entrepreneur, I wanted my work to like, you know, stand on its own and not have it be about me because I was afraid people were going to like figure me out like imposter syndrome for real. And so for me posting on social media was like, okay, this is something I made. Don't you want to hire me? But actually, it's not until I actually invested in photography, figured out my aesthetics, started posting about who I am, that those all those leads came in all that much quicker. I think we kind of came up with a game plan for this podcast episode. And what we're going to do is kind of talk about like the chronological, just off the top of our heads here, not we didn't really do research necessarily for this one, but the chronological implementation of an evolution of Instagram to where it is now, because I think people who try to start an Instagram account now without having any experience get very freaking overwhelmed. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah, for sure. Because there's buttons everywhere. They move every day. It's like there's videos, there's photos, there's little circles at the top. Like I'm just thinking of this from my mom's perspective and like, what even do those buttons mean? So like mm-hmm. it's a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even today I noticed on my home screen, when I go to my profile, as I'm logged into my account, there's now ad space above my profile name. No ads. Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I got an ad, like a banner ad above my profile name. So I mean, but we'll get to that part. That's the thing is that we have to think of with Instagram and there's actually a super fascinating podcast episode. Oh goodness. I'm totally going to blank on the name. It's one of the ones from the daily, I think, or it's how I built this and I'll full, I'll pull the real one for the show notes for Berta to add. But basically it was explaining the war between Apple and Amazon and Google. No, it was Apple, Google. It was like tech wars, Apple versus Google, right? Because Google and was it Apple? No, it's not even Apple and Google. Oh my God. I'm totally flubbing this. It is Facebook and Apple, the wars, the technology wars and the privacy wars, right? So we have Zuckerberg and we have had Jobs and now Tim Cook and what the positioning was on user privacy and how that's totally evolved and changed. But really, let's go back to the roots, right? Let's go back to the beginning. Instagram, a way to share pictures, like little moments of your life Mm -hmm. in a way that was only posts Mm -hmm. for a good amount of the time, right? And then what do you feel like came next after posts? I think stories, right? Stories. I think you're right. I think it was stories. Because Snapchat was such a big thing. And so uh-huh. I tried to bring the Snapchat element. But I don't even mm-hmm. think send them as a DM at first. I think it was only a story, maybe? I feel like it went posts, DMs. Like having DM ability, I feel like was a game changer. Like having a direct message. I can't ever envision us like not saying DM about like DM 10 years ago didn't mean really anything to anyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like it was posts, DMs, then stories, and then lives. Yeah. And then IGTV. Like, well, there's so many things, right? Yeah. So how do we how do we describe all of the, the facets? And then we even have reels on top of that. The way I describe it is like Instagram's trying to get a slice of everybody else's pie. Exactly. And it's- so how does that relate to the different features? Run through them for me. 
I feel like it started with Snapchat. They wanted to be Snapchat, and so they made stories. Stories. Uh-huh. Then they wanted to be like Facebook Live. Uh huh. So they brought Live. Then uh-huh. they wanted to be TikTok. So mm-hmm. or Vine even first. So they brought videos. Remember videos, yeah. Super short at first. It was like uh huh. They wanted to be Vine, so they brought videos. YouTube, IGTV. Yeah. And then now into TikTok territory. So basically, they're trying to figure out with all social media and all iPhone apps, everything is an attention economy, right? So however they can keep you on the platform the longest is better for them. In doing that and taking that that's what we know Instagram wants us to do as a business owner, how can how do we feel like we can use this to our advantage? So we talk about posts. What's the best way to create a bragworthy Instagram through posts? And then we'll run down through like all the other features of Instagram. But like posts specifically, you're a big fan of feed aesthetics. What does it mean to like have a feed aesthetic? I feel like it is basically, I mean, for our clients, especially like taking the branding that you've given them is first of all, incredible, obviously. Um, But then taking that and then putting it onto your timeline. Like you have to bring that logo mark that's in the top corner. Like that is where you start. And from there, it just all flows. Like it has to flow. And like we were talking about on Instagram, like it doesn't have to, okay, so you see a picture that's green that matches your logo. Like, okay, that's not going to be good. It has to be quality also. So like once you start figuring out what kind of post you want, what kind of aesthetic you want from there, then you have to, I don't know. Flesh out the content. Right. So creating, I think you're, you're onto something here. So what, what we're talking about is, and I think it goes back to like my design philosophy, right? Like you can have the most beautiful, amazing logo in the world, but if nobody sees it and nobody connects with it, then what's the freaking point? right? So similarly, like you could have the best Instagram pictures in the world, but if it's not related to at all to what you're talking about or doesn't reach the right audience, it kind of doesn't matter. Right. So the aesthetics portion of that is I feel the hook and then people stay for the content. The analogy we used on Instagram was similar to a magazine. Like you may pick up a magazine because of what's on the cover, but then you'll hold on to that magazine because of what you read on the inside, right? So posts has a lot of different functionality in that way. Let's talk about creating bragworthy stories. What do you feel like on stories really stands out to you as like, wow, this is a well-made story? I think, again, it has to go back to the aesthetic, first of all. But then also, I feel like stories is where you can really, like, tell people things. Like, a caption mm-hmm. can only be so long, whereas stories, like, mm-hmm. you can have as many slides as you want. And also, they can be used as like what I've learned from you, they can be kind of like the, almost like the index of the Mm -hmm. brand, let's say, where you save them in the highlights and then you can see like where the brand started, what they sell, this and this, the different types of products. Like everything is all saved in them. So I think, honestly, I think of stories more as like for the highlights specifically now than I used to. Totally. And I think this goes back to let's like talk about how somebody would come to your page, even as a business owner, right? So when you put yourself in the perspective of the person who you want to follow you, they'll probably come to your post in a few ways, your location tags, your hashtags, or something where you tagged someone else or something else, right? Another product, um, you stayed at a hotel, you tagged the hotel, you were in a big group photo, you tagged a bunch of people who are also in the group photo, and then somebody's coming over to your page, right? Then they're hitting the feed aesthetics because they need to get that immediate 
gratification of like, is this content for me? Yes, no. Like, is this something I'm curious enough about to do a deep dive on what's here? Right. So then now, again, this is the equivalent of like flipping through the pages of the magazine. I'm going to flip through really quick. I'm maybe not going to read everything, but I'm going to go that, 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 that through the pages. To continue this analogy, like I like what you just said about the stories being the index, right? So the stories and the stories highlights specifically give us almost like a table of contents in a weird way. Yeah. Of like, here's our services, here's testimonials, here's behind the scenes, here's blah, 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 blah. Enough to give someone a taste to then maybe buy your magazine <laughs> or equivalent, like follow you, right? So then once you have a follower, we add in all these other layers, right? Like no one's going to come to your live without following you. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's just not the user experience of Instagram. And no one's necessarily going to come watch all of your highlights without seeing your feed aesthetic. Right. Like those, they kind of, there is kind of that clear map. So in your own experience, in your own user behavior of Instagram, you come to an account, you're like, okay, what's this all about? Check the feed. Feed's amazing. Check the story. Story's amazing. Where are you going next? I think I go, I go deeper into the post or maybe even okay. tag the post. Yes. Yep. So like, I love a tag, but I was going to go on the nose, but I had to reach around my microphone stand. <laughs> yes. Okay. Tagged photos. Let's talk about why that's important for business. I mean, especially for the first thing that comes to mind for me is like a restaurant. That's the first thing I always like. Yes. I me always too. go, even if I'm like sitting in the restaurant, I always go there to see what I'm going to order or whatever. So like the same thing with like, like a clothing brand, I'm going to go look and see, first of all, with Instagram, you never know if it's like a legit clothing brand these days. True. But you want to see if there's real people tagging this brand and see what the kind of people that are working with this brand are like. Um, and just if it's a same thing with like a restaurant or like a hotels experiences, yeah. um, yeah. I mean, I do, I did all my research when I was traveling through Instagram. Like yeah. I would find the places I wanted to go. I would use that save button. Talk about another feature that they rolled out. I would use that save tool to say, okay, I'm going to Thailand. I'm going to save everything that I want to do in Thailand in this folder so I can come back to it. I think it, the tagged photos adds for a business. It gives you that user generated content. That's like proof of concept. Like if somebody loves your product or service so much that they're posting about you and tagging you in it, then it, you must be pretty legit, right? Yeah, for sure. And so then all of this still becomes the experience of that brand on Instagram. Now add reels into the mix. How do we feel about reels? I started my relationship with reels really rocky, honestly, because I don't, I didn't really get it at first. Like I, like, I don't think I'm like gonna be dancing on here. I don't, like I didn't, but like now I'm like, okay, I kind of like this. Like this is a cute trend. Like, there, the other day there was like, I saw one that was just this song remix of Wendy Williams saying like, she's the moment, she's an icon. And I was like, I have to do this. Like I have uh-huh. to have a real. So now I love them, but I did not start that way. I first was very scared and intimidated by them, but I honestly feel like they're more fun now. And I think that that's what Instagram wants us to do right now. Yeah. So, you know why I think you may not like reels as much is because the the idea, the planting of the seed has to come from audio. And I feel like you're a visual person. That is so true. That's so right? true. Yeah. Because you true. can't just scroll through a bunch of sounds Yeah, the way that you could go to an Instagram page and scroll through a bunch of skincare businesses, right? Yeah. So you can't, I mean, you can kind of, but you're not finding what's interesting 
from the actual origin of the idea. It's yeah. more that you see something that you want to replicate that you save the sound. I'm interested in that. So that whole process, I think it brings up a really good question of what does your brand sound like? Because yeah. now with Instagram implementing so many different video opportunities, how do you, like, I can think of someone's logo and know what it should sound like. Is that weird? That's like people that taste colors, right? Like I can think of, for example, like Hotel Lobby Candle, when we first did the branding, I was like, this has to have a playlist. And that's how I started doing playlists for my full service brand design clients is because I can hear it, what it should sound like. But it's obvious, right? A hotel lobby, duh. Like that's what it should sound like. It should sound expensive. And what does expensive sound like? It sounds like really bougie French lo-fi to me. That's what I feel like when I feel my most expensive. Same for some of the other brands, right? Like how do we pull in the sound element that stays on brand? I'm interested in that because you, you brought up the Wendy Williams thing. So I feel like your brand sound is kind of more of a pop culture remix kind of sound. Yeah. Right. That's very on brand, I think for me. So what else would you describe as like your brand sound then when it relates to Instagram? I'm thinking like mine is like Britney Spears. Yes. It's very gay sound. Yes. <laughs> sure. Yes. So like Britney Spears, Housewives remixes, like House- Lindsay Lohan. Oh, done. Thousand. And I'm in. Paris Hilton. Yeah. It's We're done. very fabulous. <laughs> right. <laughs> but like, I don't ever Im- imagine you playing like a uh, headstrong, I'll take you on. Unless it was like ironically. Yeah, right. Right? So so it does have a sound. Like, and that's the thing. I think it's really easy for visual people to attach visuals to things. And but then crossing over into the sound, it feels like it uses a different part of your brain. It does. Right? So like (laughs) it does. My brand sound is like talking outrageously fast. And then my very California sounding podcast theme song, right? And I told Eliza when she made the podcast theme song, I was like, I want it to feel like San Diego. And be like kind of chill. It can have like a little bit of a like beachy kind of vibe because it's, I'm, I hate country music personally. I don't feel like it goes with my vibe at all. And I need it to kind of have that, the energy of the way that I, I present myself, right? And California is a big part of my identity. So that was part of the strategy for that sound. But c- contrast that to like Buxomly, for example. What would you say our Buxomly brand sound is? Oh, it's hot, sexy, confident. Like the vibes from that playlist are truly immaculate. That's all I have to say about that. Right. So now we're going like Ariana Grande, The Weeknd, Beyonce, like anything from the Fifty Shades of Grey soundtrack was totally fair game. All of this to say we're a little bit off topic of Instagram, but it is still related in that like Instagram, because they're doing all these things at once, it gives you an opportunity to really dive into your brand from every angle, right? So from a business perspective, what that looks like and what that looks like from from our team's perspective is like, how do we not only craft the visuals in a compelling way to tell a story, but the stories, the reels and the brand sound so that we're kind of painting a picture of what it's like to use that product or employ those services, right? Yeah. What other thoughts did you have on this? Is this like, I feel like I just got on a total tangent, but it was kind of related i've never really thought about that but it's you're like you're pegging me like it's for sure the sounds are really throwing me off because i can't see what i want like i can my thing is like i can think of an idea for a reel but then i'm like i can't find the sound the sound i need yes yep like, even the other day with for hotel lobby i was looking for an ocean noise mm-hmm. i couldn't find it i finally did but i had like 
I think personally, Instagram needs to make a audio library that we can score. Like, why don't they yes. have that? Yep, exactly. And then there's also difficulties with, I hear like clients and people who DM me, they're like, I don't have this feature, that feature, whatever. Like I didn't have the music feature for a long time and it drove me nuts because I love using music on my stories or um, the captions feature took a really long time to roll out. So that's one of my 99 grievances of Instagram is like when they try to do something new, it doesn't hit everyone at once. Yeah, it's, you know? like, I know someone that hasn't had likes for, like, over a year now. Insanity. Isn't that wild? Like, a year, not everyone is synced, like, to this update or whatever? Like, it's just, nothing makes sense. <laughs> nothing makes sense. And and to, this is where I feel like you have to have that healthy relationship with your analytics, right? Because it's really easy to get swept up into, like, vanity metrics of lots of likes, high follower numbers. Like it's really easy to get sucked into that. But I think if there's anything you can do is to just focus even more on your own content. Hey, we're going to get back to the episode in just a second, but I had to come in and tell you that there is an Instagram training ready for you on my website. It's 30 minutes long. It's a video, but I'll tell you exactly how to optimize your account to get the most reach optimize your content so that you're actually reaching your ideal client avatar and create posts that people actually want to engage with. If this is of interest to you, it is linked in the show notes, or you can head over to my website and search kiss my insta, mkwcreative.co, kiss my insta is what you're looking for and enjoy the rest of the episode. What are some of the, cause I know like social media and mental health is like a really hot well, I don't want to say it's a hot topic. It is a hot topic, but it's also really very important. It's, it's Mental Health Awareness Month, all of that stuff. So uh, in your experience with social media, what's helped you kind of balance that? Even though you love Instagram, I'm sure you too get burned out of Instagram or uninspired or overwhelmed by everything that you feel you have to do. So what would be your recommendation for an entrepreneur that's like struggling with their Instagram right now? I think that the main thing is to, I know this is going to sound like so cliche, but like comparing yourself to other people and like looking at the likes, like you said, or looking at the followers, like that's not ever going to help you in anything. Mm -hmm. Like personal Instagram, business Instagram, it's not because no matter what, you're going to have to start from somewhere and it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to just automatically grow unless, okay, you buy fake followers, then you're still not going to have the likes that you want. So Mm -hmm. just like thinking of yourself and like figuring out what you want and not what other people are doing, not what they're, well, this worked for them. Like that's not, it's not the same. Your audience is completely different. They want to see you. They don't want to see that brand. So just, I know that's like a, it's like hard to do though. Like it's hard to think about like, okay, well I can't compare myself to them. But like at the end of the day, you really can't, you just have to be true to yourself, true to your brand. Because that's at the end of the day, what people want to see. And you can't let the number of followers you feel you don't have inhibit you from doing the things you want to do with your social. Right. And like, I had this conversation with my mom. She was like, just on the verge of 10K. And she's like, I really need to get to 10K. I really need to get to 10K. I really need to get to 10K to get the swipe up. And I was like, for what? What are you going to use it for? She's like, to swipe up to my website. And I was like, well, then that's what your link in bio is for. Right. It's like, you're not driving people to that as, as is. So don't let the like lack of what you feel like you don't have stop you from doing brand collaborations or lives or whatever. Like all of that is still very possible. It's just, I think people get really distracted by that number of feeling like, okay, well, once I hit this threshold, then X, Y, Z. 
Do you think yeah. that happens a lot? I totally do. But the problem with that is once you hit where you want to be, there's still going to be something you want to be the next love. So it's just, I don't know. It's very, very complicated and very hard to like sit yourself down and say, okay, I'm going to get there eventually. I just have to do it my way. Right. Great to have goals. Just adjust your expectations. I think that's, and that's what's so important about the brands that we work with is having those monthly analytic calls to say like, look, you're okay. Yes. Your followers went up by 12, right? Your content interactions went up by (laughs) 70,000%. Like like you went from not posting for two years to now all of a sudden having 12 really high quality posts. Like these are the kind of numbers that we would expect and setting those expectations so that you can check in with them on a regular basis will help take some of, I feel like the pressure out of it and some of the like emotional pressure feeling like, Oh, well, you know, my content's tanking. Like I have that feeling right now. It's like my content's tanking. Nobody cares. And I was like, but I also haven't given it the effort that I used to give it. Right. You know, because I don't, I'm in a position where I don't need more clients. All I've done up in this, up until this point with my marketing is try to get more clients. Mm -hmm. Now I've got more clients than I know what to do with and clients that are working with us ongoing that it's like, well, shit, (laughs) how do I still help this audience? If I no longer, if everything I've done up until now, kind of the, what I've been driving them to do until now, I don't really need anymore. And I mean, we always need more clients. I'm not here to say that like, we're never taking another client again, but it does kind of come this fork in the road where your strategy has to change and your content has to change. And if your content has to change, then your audience is probably changing. And someone who followed you at the beginning may not be interested in following you anymore. And that's okay. Right? For sure. It's so interesting. All of this Instagram stuff is wild. It's so confusing, but like, I still am so addicted to it. I can't, like, I cannot, I don't know what I would do without Instagram. I'm a right. blessed. Right. It, it is an interesting thing because it's like, it's also very generational. Like, I feel like it hit us at the right time. Oh, yeah. Versus my sister who's 17, like, doesn't really give a crap about Instagram anymore. I, my cousin is the same way. And I'm like, she like posts like once a month, but she also gets like 600 likes. Yep. <laughs> Here's me comparing. Yep. <laughs> yep. No, it is totally like, I feel socially the way that we're using these platforms is totally different, right? So the way I use Facebook is very different from the way that my mom uses Facebook and we both use it for business and we both use it for business in kind of the same way. Mm -hmm. But my feed on Facebook is entirely groups. I'm only there for groups. Everyone else. Oh, I was going to say my other favorite feature of Instagram is mute. Oh, back to the mental health conversation. The best. The, the mute is the best because it's the best way to kind of be like, yeah, no thanks. Without having to let that person know that you said no thanks. But can we also talk about how Instagram stole that from Twitter? So I don't know True. if ever had an original idea, but I don't True. care. The mute was it. I mean, I have muted so many people. Mute is amazing. And I would really recommend to anyone that's feeling imposter syndrome, mute every single one of your competitors. Yeah. Every single one. Mute their stories, mute their post feeds, mute it. Don't care. Don't want to see it. Do you literally. And it's so great because then you only think to like, it's almost like stalking an ex at that point. Like if you're going to really, you're really going to type in their name to go see what they're doing. I don't think so. And if you are, then like you got bigger problems. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I've never thought about like that, but it really is like you're stalking your ex. You're right. Right. Because it's, it can't be getting yourself in that mindset of comparison doesn't help you move more towards your goals. Right. It's just more of a distraction where you 
I find that with, with my own marketing, the more I lean into like what it is that I wanted to do and like where I wanted to go with it, the better. Like I got a lot of pressure from people being like, oh my gosh, you need to make an online course. You should do an online course about marketing. You should do an online course about social media. I said, by the time I make the course, every single thing that I say is going to be outdated. Like, it, and I'm going to sink in how much time? Like I did the whole Canva Reels training and two days later they rolled out a new feature where you can animate text aside from the background. And I was like, great, cool. Everything I just said about locking your background so your background doesn't move, now void. I'm like, wonderful. So it's that kind of thing too, where if you love this kind of fast paced thing, feeling like you're, you're not up to speed is like an everybody problem. Oh, yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> right. I'm on Instagram every day. And when reels came out, I was like, I can't do this. Huh? <laughs> so it's not, I mean, it's literally everyone feels the same way. And also Instagram support is hopeless. I don't even, that's not even a thing. Honestly, I don't know. No. no. And I, I can't even imagine the volume of support tickets that Instagram gets of like, oh man, like impersonation and then like people false claiming and then the bullying accounts and then the hate speech. And then like, there's also like a lot of really problematic things about Instagram. But I think for the average business owner, that's like, I just want to grow my business and like have great referrals and great clients and have a, a wonderful Instagram. That's still very, very achievable. Do you oh, agree? hundred percent. I mean, you can run your entire business from Instagram. Like you, mm-hmm. you need an Instagram if you're a business owner at this point. I mm-hmm. don't think there's any question about that for sure. If somebody's like, okay, I'm rebranding or I'm starting a new business and I've got to start all my Instagram content from scratch. What would be maybe a few suggestions you'd give them off the top of the, the top of the list of like, definitely do this to get started. I would definitely I guess first you want to start with like your bio. You want to change yes. thing. You want maybe even like a coming soon situation to like get people excited. Mm-hmm. Then you want to start with that new branding. You want to mm-hmm. start with like an announcement, I would say maybe. And then just go from there. Mm-hmm. You don't have to start with some hype, I think. Especially if you're on Instagram already and you're rebranding, you definitely want to start the hype for the new branding. Totally. Totally. Coming up with content that I think is that transition from either what you've got to where you're going, or if you're truly starting an account from scratch, I'm a big fan of like flood your account with an entire grid full mm-hmm. before you start kind of getting into your rhythm so that people aren't coming to an empty page, right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing worse than like finding a really cool brand and then going to their page and then they have like four posts. Yeah, there's something. So you're like, hot. where have you been? Yeah. I'd rather see like 12, 16 posts with like not that many likes, but at least I can tell you're going somewhere with this thing. than to just come to like a dead page. And then engagement, we talked about community engagement being really important, Um, being visible, not only in front of your ideal client, but in front of your ideal collaborators and brand ambassadors. So people who will like sing your praises and shout you from the rooftops. Also important. I think we covered a lot of ground in this. Yeah. Is there anything we didn't, we didn't touch on? Not that I know of. We mean, we started from the filters and we're all the way to reels. So, I mean, we started from the filters and we got all the way to reels. Started from the filters. Now we're, I wanted to like sing Drake to that, but I don't, I'm not going to butcher it. I think Instagram is such a fun puzzle. I really view it that way. It's yeah. a game. And like with any social platform, the more you do what they want you to do, that sounds very controlling. Yeah. But the more you can cater to the tools that they provide you, that's a nicer way to say that, then the better because that that shows them that you know how to create the content the platform wants to see right and you're using the tools that they want you to use basically mm-hmm. the 
aka mm-hmm. Wall. You'll see me on Reels now. <laughs> hmm No, it's so the reels conversation is so interesting because it's got like I just I feel I'm 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 just as stuck as you are I think I'm just as stuck because I don't I have this feeling that I don't want to do what everybody else is doing with reels. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I that there's this opportunity, and I have such a backlog of content of like projects I could be sharing that I haven't even shared on my Instagram yeah. other than doing the logos on the lives, but I haven't figured out how I want to do it. So any ideas, welcome guys. DM me on Instagram if you have an idea. <laughs> I will say that like one thing that I have been, I do like about Reels is that I feel like it's it doesn't have to be, in my opinion, or like my head maybe, that it doesn't have to be as perfect as like a feed post. Like I feel like in a Reel for my personal, I can like be a little more fun or like, because yeah. that's what it is. Like that's kind of what the whole point is, I guess. I think that's the difference too between still photos and video in general. Like yeah. I think that we saw that with stories too, right? Like the suggestion with stories was not to just share a bunch of like slideshows of yourself, right. but it was really to kind of like show someone behind the scenes and give them information and and showcase what you have to offer. Intermix that with graphics, of course. Like for our clients, we're doing graphics for them. We're doing roundups and swipe ups and um, you know calls to action that are more designed, but yeah. that it's never a one to one replacement for you actually talking face to camera on stories and like explaining something to someone because it gives it that human contact that I think people really like about Instagram and I feel for sure for like a brand like seeing a photo of a hotel lobby candle yes it's gorgeous you love it but like then seeing you expect it to be gorgeous yeah true but then seeing it as a reel is like a whole different experience like for and even for like buxomly too like the photos are gorgeous but then when you see the video of the piece like moving like it is an experience Totally. And that's where I feel it's so easy to do this for other clients than it is to do for myself because it, it becomes this, I think that the best thing you can do as a brand is like bring someone somewhere, right? Like take them to a place uh, take them into your universe. And like, in my world, everything looks like this. And that's how I've done my social media is like, okay, like I don't take myself so seriously. Like I'm fine being casual, but there, there are some elements of it that I'm going to be like particular about. Like when I do my brand design in 60 seconds videos on TikTok, I always started exactly the same way and the exact cadence and the exact like calls to action pretty much. So there is a formula and that's why I feel like it does well. I haven't figured out my formula for reels. And part of that is because, like I said, I just have this feeling that I want to do something different with it. Yeah. Don't know you're going you're gonna to figure it out for sure. Figure it out. I mean, everything you everything you do, everything you touch turns to gold anyway. Oh, stop! No, it does not. <laughs> that is too way too nice. That is way too nice. That is way too nice. No, but I've had so much fun working with you, and everyone that gets to work with you, client on the client side, is obsessed with you. I just want to stop you there and ask you, how do you know so many people that love Real Housewives, and how did I get so lucky okay. to get to work with them? Because that's the energy I give off. I think, <laughs> I think it's that like. You know what, you know, and this also, I had a conversation about this, about the Kiss My Portfolio Challenge, is I love hosting the Kiss My Portfolio Design Challenge because I get to feel like a reality TV show host. Yeah. And I love reality television. And I know it's not the most like cerebral entertainment, but sometimes you just want to be fucking entertained. Right. Like, I don't want to have to learn something all the time. And I spend so much time looking at my freaking screens that the last thing I want to do is have to pay attention to dialogue. Right. Like, I want to just turn (laughs) something on, hear it in the background and be like, LOL, that's hilarious. Yeah. I think that the house, so many people love housewives because it's this like 
perfect mix of like, we can objectively look at it as how ridiculous it is, but then secretly all of us also want to be them. A hundred percent. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, I can look at Lisa Rinna and be like, you are so over the top, but also like, she looks like she's having a fucking blast. Yeah, she, like, I want to be her for sure. <laughs> I want to be her. Right. So it's this balance. Right. So I think that that's the, and be, also, I think I love, I love Bravo celebrities and specifically Vanderpump Rules. Cause mm -hmm. I feel like I grew up with them too. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like they're only a few years older than me. So I feel like, and they're also what's, what's so great about Bravo. We should do a whole podcast episode oh, about Bravo. Please. What's so great about Bravo is like they're so D-list celebrities that they don't feel that far out of reach. Oh no, they will DM you back. Go we'll right get it back to Instagram. Bravo celebrities will DM you back. Right, <laughs> like like I can't just like message Jennifer Lawrence or like Blake Lively and have a conversation with them, but I feel like I could to like someone on Vanderpump Rules or somebody in like the Bravo sphere or Southern Charm or whatever. Right, like there is that that like it feel it doesn't feel so far. I love it. I mean, I'm obsessed with it, but I think that the, my clients also love it because we have this same fascination with like, it's lifestyle first, business second, not business first, lifestyle second. So it's, I think the housewives, like their whole thing is lifestyle. None of it's really like business is definitely a second part, but it's lifestyle first. It's I'm Bethany Frankel who owns skinny girl, not I'm skinny girl, which makes me Beth Bethany Frankel. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it, the, I love just all of it. The whole Bravo universe. I, I love. And I love that our clients love it. And I love that you love it. It's just, I mean, I should have known that. Maybe I should have put that in my contact form. Like if you could be any real housewife, if you could be a part of any housewives franchise, yeah, kind of what would it be and why? You need to add that to the brand questionnaire, I think. Right. Sure. <laughs> right. I mean, well, now that we're here, what's your favorite franchise of all time? Um, Beverly Hills, period. Yeah. Same. Done. Yep. Easy. Like my favorite time just every day. On, on... Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Not the OGs of the OC, huh? Oh, no. Definitely. You don't get down with the... Uh, I feel like also it's changed so much. I haven't watched in a while. I need to get back to it. Oh, it's yeah. different. Yeah, we definitely need to start asking clients what housewife they would be. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's a that's a great idea. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time. And thanks for like going down Instagram memory lane with me. Hopefully that was insightful to some people. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it was helpful. Yeah. I um. And then we'll get on the, we'll get on the books, like a, we'll do a deep dive into like the branding, the personal brands of Bravo housewives. And we'll do our research for that one. How about that? Like you come, you come to court prepared with your case for why Erica Jane is the best housewife that ever lived. Well, I'm not coming. I'm coming to be on the opposite of that, but that's okay. 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 We'll do it. We'll do a deep dive into that. Maybe we'll bring my mom and my sister on that one too, because they have opinions about housewives as well. And also, if Sonia Morgan's listening, we would love to do social yes. media for your toaster. Absolutely. <laughs> we will do social media. Any Bravo housewife is definitely welcome in the MKW Creative Co. Oh, yeah. stratosphere. Always. Always, always, always. Um, yeah. Also, Heather McMahon, if you're listening, I will gladly make any of your merch. <laughs> any Manifest it. She's on my vision board. Manifest it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know those people. I feel like they're they're we're all of the same breed, right? We are. Like we, are. we love an Aperol spritz. Oh. We don't take ourselves so seriously. There are but people, like there people, yeah. But yeah, we gotta make that money, honey. Like we gotta hustle. Yeah, we gotta hustle to pay for our vacation in Bora Bora or wherever we're going. Right? I'm with you. Cool. Well, thank you, thank you. Have a great rest of your Friday. Um, I'm going to go get an Aperol spritz right now. So bye. <laughs> Cheers from afar. Um, if people want to 
uh, just follow you, get to know you, maybe work with you? How can they do that? At I am Jay Richardson on Instagram and at me, Jimmy Social at gmail.com for email. Perfect. Thanks, Jimmy. Catch you next time, everybody. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts or really anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to come on over to the Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group, same name as the podcast. And lastly, if you're looking for those resources, links, or anything else we talked about on today's episode, you can find those on my website, mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. Catch you next time.